Welcome to Forward with NACI, Inspiring Entrepreneurial Action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with NACI. We have a special guest today in our studio, someone that I've known for several years that has a shared passion for entrepreneurship, community building, and fundraising. That's right. Not everybody loves to fundraise, but our, our guest loves it. And not only does he love it, but he's really good at it. So uh, Joe, April, welcome to our program today. I'm so happy that you're here. Oh, it's great to be here, Becky, and thank you for inviting me. Sure. So thank you uh, for the work that you've done over many years. And uh, how we love to get started with our guests is tell us a little bit about you and, and maybe some, an experience in, in, in your life growing up or as, as a young adult or something that, that led you onto the career path uh, that you're on now. Yeah. Well, you know, my I, I fell in love with community colleges a long time ago. Um, when I went to, when I got out of high school and went to college, I actually was on a hockey scholarship. So I thought I was going to be basically the next right winger for the Boston Bruins <laughs> and never went to class and sat in a class of 300 people at the University of Lowell until I got a nice uh, message in person from the Dean of Students who said, you really need to come to class once in a while. And of course, I didn't listen. I was 18. So eventually lost my scholarship flunked out of that school, quite frankly, and ended up outside the doors of St. Petersburg uh, Junior College down in Florida, walked in and met a woman whose name literally is Sunny Brandemeyer, which sounds like a made-up Florida name, but that was her. And the miracle happened. She sat me down and she looked at my transcripts and said, you know, Joe, we got to fix some things here, but let's talk about you. Nobody in education had ever asked me that. And as a community college, somebody, you know, this, this person really took an interest in me. So every Thursday from two to three o'clock while I was at St. Pete College, St. Pete Junior College, Sonny would sit down with me and say, okay, what's coming up for the next week? Let's talk about some study skills. I just couldn't slip through the cracks. And, and I graduated from there and went on to other degrees. But you know, that was a real pivotal moment in my life, both personally and professionally, because I really sort of came a passionate supporter and, and love community colleges ever since. So, Yeah, I love that you share that story. And, you know, it's interesting. And your story is so common, but it's one of the things that personally I've always loved about community colleges is really the open doors. I think about it like open doors, open heart, open minds. <laughs> I think a church had that that exactly. uh, slogan and it just resonates because there are so many people like you who are smart and passionate and, and you're in this sort of world that doesn't work for you. And then some way you find your way to a community college and, and it just opens up opportunity. And I could give you hundreds and hundreds of other examples of, of people who've had that. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I think it's just very, uh, you know, it's just, it shows how even, you know, as parents, you know, sometimes, you know, people make mistakes as we all have, but there's always an on-ramp. And then that's what gets me excited. So I want to jump in, uh, jump ahead maybe a little bit, but really, um, you know, connect to your thread of community colleges. 
about eight years ago, um, you know, I, or actually seven and a half years ago, I left um, my community college, Burlington County College, to begin my adventure with NACI. And one of the things that was interesting is while I was there in New Jersey, uh, we uh, had the opportunity to really benefit from some work that was done um, by the Clements Group, which I understand is no longer um, in operation, but they did a, a wonderful job of doing a scan of our community at the time and really um, serving uh, people who wanted to do more in the community and kind of get them engaged. So I remember reading this study and thinking, oh my gosh, how well done was that? And then I found out later, Joe, um, that you had actually worked for the Clements Group. So why don't you talk about you know, some of your experience as a fundraiser and maybe some of the things that you learned on your journey um, with the Clements Group. And um, after that, we'll get into what you're doing now. Yeah, no, I was so grateful that I started consulting my career with the Clements Group. They're extraordinarily, they were an extraordinarily um, entrepreneurial organization and, and did things that were outside the box for that period of time. They focused externally. And, and one of the things that we did right out of the gate were things that were related to the workforce. So we went out and conducted leadership sessions where we would literally ask employers in the community what keeps them up at night and how can a, a community college and the Clements Group help meet those needs? So, I mean, from my perspective, I couldn't have asked for anything better than to have started with the Clements Group and, and just see that entrepreneurialism weave its way through the years into all the community colleges that I've had the opportunity to work with. And, you know, my mentor at the, at, at the Clements Group was Bob LePage, who many of us know. Oh, um, yeah. who's an expert in workforce development and not fundraising, but would always make sure we looked at fundraising, workforce development, community engagement, his words, not mine, as a seamless entity that's benefiting not just the college, but the community and the workforce, which I, I keep in my heart to this day and, and really treasure that that Bob's mentoring and, and my experience with Climate Group. It was yeah, a wonderful that's... place. That is, and, and I have heard that name uh, from many people, and it's interesting. I, I'm almost wondering whether he was part of that work at Burlington County. But so I understand, because you are very entrepreneurial, that that you are now um, in startup mode. So you, you've created a firm on your own, which is now mm -hmm. connected to the work that NACI is doing. But tell us about this 41 Consulting. Uh, how did that name come about, and what kind <laughs> of things do you do? Yeah, I wish I had a really interesting answer to how the name came about, but basically it's my partner's last name has got the words one in it, and April, my last name, is the fourth month of the year, so ta-da, oh. 41 Consulting. <laughs> but, I like that. You know, it, it, the, the really, what, what happened entrepreneurially and what happened, you know, we looked at the landscape of consulting firms and the needs, particularly of community colleges. And we just came to the conclusion that, number one, there really needs to be an extraordinarily, um, you know, very in-depth, not cookie-cutter way by which we look and consulting firms look at colleges' needs. So John and I just decided that we would start our own firm, a big leap of faith, as you know, and, you know, really wanted to focus on the specific needs of community colleges. And often that's not fundraising, it's alignment of strategic plans, it's incorporating workforce, it's you know creating a culture of giving within the institution so that everybody has a role in fundraising. So 
we're really a very small and wanted to be a very small boutique type firm that customizes everything for very specific inst- you know, institutions. And Yeah, I love it. I love the idea of customizing it. Um, and it just works so well with community colleges. When I had that experience on the workforce side, we did a lot of customized training, right? So if we were working with a firm uh, that, you know, they might be very different. A technology firm is very different than a manufacturing firm. And one of the things I think is really interesting about the work that you're doing is it aligns so beautifully with entrepreneurial mindset. We talk about burden hand and affordable loss. Those are the first two tenants. And one of the things that we've been engaging with you through NACI is to really think through along with your partner, how might we come up with new tools and resources? So if I'm a college, you know, going back, you know, the, the New Jersey example, I remember, and this goes back probably 12, 13, 14 years ago, the retainer for um, a group like Clements was like 10 to $15,000 a month. So right off the bat, that eliminates a lot of smaller institutions or those that don't have the resources. Right. However, if we think about like a customized training model, what you're doing with your firm you're thinking of more of like a learn to fish model. So I, you know, I take some lessons, I pull in um, advice as I, as I need it, and you can really meet people where they are. Is that kind of the idea of, of what you all are working on? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, we want to make the expertise that we can bring to the table, not just myself and my partner, John, but, you know, others that we work with to create, you know, a model that's accessible to everybody. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with the Clements model, but it was hire hire us. We'll go in. We'll do a ten million dollar campaign. Well, you know, sometimes that's not what a college needs. So many times, as you just said, we'll go in and do, you know, a strategic plan or aligning a strategic plan of the foundation with the strategic plan of the college or incorporating alumni engagement. And it's sort of, you know, kind of jumping in, assessing creating, co-creating teams, and then building a plan that's sustainable once we're no longer a part of the picture. Of course, we'll always be friends with the college, but, you know, when we're no longer in contract with them, we want that to continue and to be long-term sustainable. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting time. Yeah, and that's very different from a lot of consultants because, you know, and not to, you know, pick on consultants, but some of them want you to want to need them forever. <laughs> and I personally like the idea of, you know, really relying on people's competency. So if you think of burden hand and affordable loss, the third tenant of entrepreneurial thinking or effectuation, as we call it, is the crazy quilt. And I love the analogy because really, you know, sometimes what you're doing, if you're really doing really robust community development work and having success, raising new resources, is you're sort of stitching together um, people that are different, they look different, they have different life experiences, they have different skills. And what you come up with is this beautiful sort of tapestry that is much more you know, robust than what you would come up with if everybody was the same. Everyone had the right. same experience, the same degree, the same whatever. So I think that is, is, is very, very cool. And the next uh, tenant, as you know, in entrepreneurial thinking is the lemonade principle. So I want, before we talk about some of your really great successes, Joe, why don't you tell us about something it could be with the Clements Group or, or as a startup entrepreneur that you've learned uh, that didn't go well, it didn't go as planned maybe, and, and what you learned from that and how you pivoted to move yourself forward. Yeah, great question. Very recently, like literally last year, one of the 
one of the things that often we do is a feasibility study and assessment. So that's kind of going in and taking taking an assessment of the college and what their needs are and what then the community's needs are. So recently we did a very, you know, a pretty robust effort where the college, every single human being that worked at the college basically said, we need scholarship dollars. We've got to provide funding for more students. Well, that was right when a promise program started, which is if you live in this community, you get to go to college for free. And they were like panicked, like, what do we do next? So what happened is when we talked to the external world, they talked about, well, let's create career coaches. Let's create an environment of mentorship. So in essence, the external world tweaked what the internal college was looking for which was not on anybody's radar screen. And thankfully this college is run by a fairly entrepreneurial group of leaders. And they said, well, let's pivot. And that's what we did. And now <laughs> they've created this beautiful pipeline of taking students from high school to the college, from college to the workforce for priority industry sectors, well-trained, lots of them are veterans. It's just a really interesting scenario that none of us would have ever expected when we first started. So we all have to, take a step back and say, okay, we got to rethink this thing. And that, that was really interesting and fun, quite honestly. So yeah, I think that, you know, and also that shows, I think what true leadership is because, you know, sometimes people embark on a campaign or a journey or even to be dramatic, a crusade, if you will, and then they don't want to stop. And, and right. sometimes the environment, you know, data feedback, if you're really asking people for their feedback, and like you said, every single human being for you to ignore that is, is you're going to violate trust. It's going to, it's going to be sort of, uh, you know, this kind of scenario that you really, really don't want to have. And so I, I love that particular example, because I think it's when you start to see, I don't want to say failure, but pivoting or changing or adjusting as part of the process, it opens it up and it makes it fun. So yeah. One thing we talked about before this episode is the experience that I had along with some of my colleagues um, being down in Jacksonville, Florida for the annual Workforce Development Institute. So it was really the opportunity to talk to a lot of people that are in the workforce space about how to kind of close the gaps. So how do we meet employers' expectations where they are? And I think your example really speaks to how um, doing something through maybe a campaign or working with your community foundation can really impact that kind of change. So I know you were kind enough to join NACI as one of our faculty. We have a, a group of faculty of eight leaders with very different but complementary skills. And I would love for you to talk about maybe in your own words, what you see the opportunity um, being of the entrepreneurial college of the future project, which is, is you are certainly a part of it as a faculty member and as a member of the executive committee, but maybe talk about what, what is it and, and why should colleges even consider getting involved with it? Yeah, no, it's, it's an exciting project and, and kudos to NACI again for taking a leadership role and really brokering such an important, I think, transformational change in the way that colleges see themselves. From my perspective, it really is just an interesting dynamic and opportunity to bring to the table. And I, I learned this word from you, Becky, co-create. So it's really co-creating a future of colleges and engaging a broader spectrum of, of entities. And, and 
you know, I think that this entrepreneurial college of the future really breaks down potential barriers, perhaps, and, and wrecks silos. We're silo wreckers, right? We'll go into a college and be able to create, in essence, a culture of philanthropy that's going to be focused on not just the needs of the college, but the, the, the current and long-term needs of the community. So partnering with not just the workforce development programs of the college, but community engagement, faculty, staff, it's breaking down borders between trustees and foundation boards and alumni boards and creating a pool of experts that are all working for the same goal and trying to create this new model. And I think the new model will evolve, right? I mean, we know if we've learned anything over the past two years is you have to adapt. And, and, and the pandemic has taught a lot of us that. But I think this entrepreneurial college of the future, from my perspective, is so exciting because it really brings this effort beyond just fundraising. It's beyond even workforce development. It's a co-creation of a vision of the future that everybody has an opportunity to play a role in, which is exciting. Well, and you think about it in your life, you know, how many times do you have that opportunity to be truly transformational, create things that did not exist, that truly are for the greater good? They not only benefit, you know, Joe April and his partner, um, a business partner and, and your family, but also, you know, communities everywhere. And that's one of the things that I love about NACI is because we can scale things. That is our um, superpower, if you will, is that we're in, you know, all of the states, we work through community colleges. So we are literally everywhere. And if we can develop common language and enthusiasm and get that momentum going, there, there truly is no problem that we can't solve. Yeah. So I want to end the conversation, Joe, because I could talk to you all day long because <laughs> we just love talking about these topics. But as you know, the last step in effectuation, so I'm going to quickly review the first four steps. What are your mm -hmm. burden hand opportunities? How do you assess affordable loss? What does your crazy quilt look like? The lemonade principle. What do you learn from failure or pivoting? The last tenant is pilot in the plane. And I think it would be a great way to close out our conversation for you to speak about that, um, how we envision pilot in the plane is taking all of the data, just as a pilot does. Driving a plane, he's not really using a steering wheel, if you will. Um, you know, he's he's looking at the dials. And, and to some extent, the, the planes fly themselves, right? But he's constantly got to be reviewing the data, um, making adjustments, making announcements, making people feel safe and getting people from point A to point B. So tell us, uh, from Joe April's perspective, how do you apply sort of this thinking um, to the, the business that you're creating and the work that you're doing in the world? Yeah, I, honestly, I think it's about networking and knowing enough people that have specific skill sets to be able to move little engines along, so to speak. And, and, and I really see ourselves. And honestly, I think the work that we're doing together with the Entrepreneurial College of the Future is sort of the center of the spoke in the wheel. There are so many talented people that love what they do in community colleges and make a difference. If we, both as a firm, as part of our philosophy, but also I think in this program, are able to come, you know, pull together a network of people that have expertise in different areas, and, and they may never have ever met each other before, but when they do, they see that community colleges are altruistic, they change lives, and we, as the pilots of this, can really be the engine that brings everybody together and, and has sort of an opportunity 
to create a network of people that can help any college, no matter where they are in their own journey, um, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, beautifully said. I would say what I heard you say are silo busters and relationship builders, and that's where we're headed. And I hope that people who are listening to us in, you know, over 550 American cities around the uh, country and 41 countries around the world will uh, learn from this and join us in this work. So thank you, Joe, and have a wonderful day. And, and everybody who's listening, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Becky. And you all have a great day as well. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard about our latest book, Impact Ed, How Community College Entrepreneurship Creates Equity and Prosperity? This is our roadmap for building back better in 50 states and globally. In each chapter, we share the inspiring stories of everyday entrepreneurs and explain how community colleges play a crucial role in their success. Visit us at nacy.com forward slash impact ed to order your copy now and join us in this work. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www com. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www.nacyplaybook.com.